Great. Our Bible reading is from Psalm 124, if you'd like to grab a Bible in hand, and that's on page 623. Psalm 124. A song of ascents of David. If the Lord had not been on our side, let Israel say, if the Lord had not been on our side when people attacked us, they would have swallowed us alive. When their anger flared against us, the flood would have engulfed us. The torrent would have swept over us. The raging waters would have swept us away. Praise be to the Lord, who has not let us be torn by their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the fowler's snare. The snare has been broken, and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Well, good morning. I, I'm not sure if you can say Happy New Year quite yet. I don't quite know. It feels weird saying Happy Christmas because that's slightly gone. Although it's the seventh day of Christmas, I don't know. If you still, I don't know. Anyway, hi. Um, my name is, uh, is Sam Stevenson. I'm the student minister here. And uh, it's a joy to gather here on, on New Year's Eve together with, um, with this psalm in front of us as we look back on the year that we've had. And why don't we turn to the Lord in, in prayer and ask for his help as we come to his word. Heavenly Father, our help is in your name, the one who made heaven and earth. And so we ask for your help now, Lord. We ask for your help to, to hear these words, to take them to heart, and to build our lives on them. For Jesus' sake, amen. Now, when it comes to holidays, um, I'm a happy man if we're somewhere near a mountain. In fact, if it's a holiday, I'm a happy man, come what may. But if we're near, but if we're near a mountain, I'm an especially happy man. And um, I don't know if you've ever had the experience of, uh, of, of walking or climbing or, or skiing down a mountain and, um, and looking back at the mountain and thinking, how on earth have I made it down that? How, how is it that I was up there and I'm now down here? You look back at the summit, you look at the crags, you, you see how steep the path is, you see some of the drops, and you think, is, is that possible? Is it, is it possible that I was up there, I made it down safely? How on earth have I done that? And as 2023 draws to a close, I wonder what the journey has been like for you this year. Hopefully for many, we're able to look back with joy and, and, and thankfulness joyful life events, days of celebration, parties, unexpected joys, surprising delights, um, or just for the steady joys of of, of family life or or established friendships. But I suspect for some, you're looking back on this year, a bit like looking back on a mountain thinking, how on earth have I made it through that? How on earth have I got through New Year's a funny time, I think. I, I always find New Year a bit strange because we know it's sort of meant to be a time of celebration and fireworks and, and it's tempting to kind of put on a brave face, br- brush away the hardships and bravely soldier on into, into 2024. But Psalm 124 doesn't, 
want us to do that? Psalm 124, I think it's a great psalm to have in front of us on New Year's Eve. Because it's a psalm that teaches a community, a community not that different to ours. It teaches a community to look back. To look back and to see reality for what it really was. To look back and, and look, the, look, look the dangers that threatened us in the eye without flinching. To look back on the decisive help of the Lord that brought us safely through. Our God wants to teach us this morning from, from Psalm 124. And, and he wants us to know that it is by his help that we've made it through 2023. It's by his help that we've made it down the mountain. By his help we've flourished. By his help we've survived. By his help we've made it through. And by his help we will face 2024. And so there's two big themes running through the psalm. Um, Firstly, overwhelming dangers threaten us. You'll see a slightly different point on your sheets, but, but this is the one we're going with. Overwhelming dangers threaten us. And secondly, only God can help us. I think those are the two big themes running through the psalm. Overwhelming dangers threaten us. Only God can help us. So we'll look at each of those in turn. So firstly, overwhelming dangers threaten us. Overwhelming dangers threaten us. As Psalm 124 looks back, The writer wants the community to know you were in proper danger. This was no game. This was not a drill. There was no guarantee of a happy ending. You were in proper danger. If the Lord had not been on our side, let Israel say, if the Lord had not been on our side when people attacked us, then they would have swallowed us alive when their anger flared against us. The flood would have engulfed us. The torrent would have swept over us. The raging waters would have swept us away. This is something like a session of of group therapy for the Israelite community. A time of processing together a traumatic event. The psalm slowly reliving a near-death experience. The details are pretty sparse. Some people got angry at us, they attacked us, and they would have killed us. Those seem to be the basic details of the scenario. But the poetry of the psalm puts us slap bang into the middle of helplessness. As it likens these surrounding enemies to a surrounding flood. I'm, I'm, I'm no geographer, particularly. Um, I'm told that in, in the kind of Israelite climate in which this psalm would have been spoken, that um, the, um, the desert in Israel kind of creates these narrow river valleys called wadis, a little bit like this. Um, and when the rainy season comes, these can, these can flood violently. And you can imagine, you're, you're sort of walking at the bottom of the valley, steep cliffs either side, and you hear it. A rushing sound. And you stop to think, well, what's that? And then before you've had time to think, you see it rushing around the corner. A foaming mass of water hurtling towards you. And there's no time to run. And even if there was time to run, there's nowhere to run. There's no escape. And then the water hits you. That's the image here. 
I read an article this week written by someone who nearly drowned, describing the experience of drowning, because that's the experience that's being described in this psalm. And they said this, a great grey wave sucked me towards it and then broke across me like a sack of gravel, bouncing me along the seabed. Desperate for air, I was churned around till I no longer knew up from down. Then the current relaxed its grip and up I went just in time for the next big wave to break over my head and push me back under. I just felt overwhelmed, helpless and undignified, like a sock in a washing machine. Rather than fear, I experienced sadness. As I struggled, an intense pain bloomed at the top of my chest, spreading downwards and inwards. That's my lungs giving out, I thought, or my heart. That's the experience here. They would have swallowed us alive. The flood would have engulfed us. The torrent would have swept us away. The raging waters would have swept us away. We were helpless. We were overwhelmed. We would have died. Now, it's not entirely clear what the background situation in this psalm is. It might have been something that happened to David, and it's now become a community song. Or it might have been a kind of community event that David, the the psalmist, is now telling us about. We don't really know. We don't really need to know. Because the psalm just wants us to know that overwhelming dangers threaten the people of God. Overwhelming dangers threaten us. Threats to life and and also threats to our spiritual life. Think of King David, Saul seeking his life and all around him voices saying, David, where is your God? Where is he? Where is he? Where is his help? Think of Israel constantly threatened by neighbouring nations and tempted to turn to idols for help. Think of Jesus, crucified by the Romans, seemingly forsaken by God. And it's the same for us today as, as the people of King Jesus. Threats to our life and, and threats to our spiritual life. We might not always feel that our lives are under threat, but but in reality, life is so fragile. And what is standing between us and, and serious injury or worse? We were driving back from um, my father-in-law's in, in Suffolk yesterday, where we, where we spent a bit of time after Christmas. And um, we, were, we were sort of going down the A12, doing about 70. And, um, and this car pulls out from a lay-by straight in front of us. Slam on the brakes, emergency stop, screeching, screeching, honking the horn at the same time. Didn't have time to look in my mirror. We were a hairbreadth away from not being here this morning. And you look back and think, what was, what was helping me there? What was, what was keeping us from death? I mean, it could have been a very, very different New Year's Eve Sunday morning <laughs> if the preacher hadn't turned up because he'd been in a car crash. That would have been very different. It was the decisive help of the Lord. 
That was the only thing that made the difference. But we just live life, don't we, so close to danger so much of the time, and we, and we don't always realize the only thing standing between us and, and death or, or injury or, is the help of the Lord. There are threats to our life all around us living in London. We step out into roads, we get buses, we drive around. Like we, there are so many dangers around us. But here we are at the end of 2023 and the Lord has helped us. And do you realize as well, the dangers stacked against us continuing as Christians. There are threats to our life, but there's also threats to our spiritual life. Secular media and culture constantly telling us that being a Christian is weird, outdated, and potentially dangerous. And we think, maybe they're right. Secular workplaces mandating conformity to campaigns that Christians can't get on board with. And we think, maybe it's just easy to drop the whole Christian thing. Deep and lasting suffering, prolonged experiences of pain and hardship. And we start to think, maybe God isn't good. Maybe he doesn't care. Maybe he's abandoned me. The pleasures of this world, the instant thrill of money and sex and power and the, and the pleasures of God seem much less tangible, much less real in comparison. Those within the church giving up on the plain teaching of the Bible and we, and we either just get discouraged or fear for the future of the church or we, or we give in and just join them for the sake of an easy life. Just the busyness of London life, a million and one things, constantly demanding my focus and my time and my energy, and God slowly gets crowded out until he's just a bystander, and the real action's over here. Coming to a, a central London church like, like CCM, there's, there's like just the reality of it, there's distance to travel to come to church, and, and we can always kind of rationalize not coming to gather with God's people, to be encouraged and strengthened to keep going. So there's dangers, dangers, threats to our spiritual life all around us, but also dangers within us. Our old self still there, still active, still waging war against our soul. Slip-ups become habits, habits become patterns, and without repentance, we just slowly drift away. Prayer is our best weapon against that kind of drift, but, but for myself, I find I'm just so apathetic towards prayer. I, I doubt the power of prayer. I doubt whether it really makes a difference. And so I fail to pray. And our conscience can play all kinds of tricks on us, either, either justifying and rationalizing a completely wrong course of action or accusing us of not being a real Christian, even though we're repenting of sin and, and striving for holiness. So there are dangers around us. There are dangers within us. And through it all, there's, there's one persistent enemy, our accuser, Satan, who would take great pleasure in leading us into temptation, in leading us out of church, and leading us away from God. He never stops. He never sleeps. He never takes a day off. Do you realize the dangers stacked against you continuing as a Christian? overwhelming dangers threaten us and so much of the time we're completely oblivious to them and given the dangers that threaten us it is a remarkable thing that we have endured this year we are alive and we're here we're still here we with the people of God gathered here at his church 
We take it for granted, don't we, that we will lie down and sleep each night and wake up the following morning still trusting Jesus, still a Christian. But what is there to say that that should be so? It's, it's nothing in me. I'm not, I'm, I'm not good at just kind of continuing going and continuing being a Christian day by day. We're surrounded by overwhelming dangers that threaten us, body and soul. And this psalm wants us to be clear. We cannot survive on our own. Any more than a drowning person engulfed by a flood in a river wadi is able to survive on their own. We were helpless. We are helpless. Only God can help us. And that's the second theme running through this psalm. Only God can help us. Overwhelming dangers threaten us. And if, and if that was all the psalm had to say, then it would be utterly terrifying because it's staring, staring these dangers in the face without flinching. But no, only God can help us. And praise God, he has helped us. Just like we look back at the mountain and we think, how on earth have I made it down that? Just as we look back on the year and think, how on earth have I made it through that? The answer is really simple. God has helped you. If you're here at the end of 2023, alive and still a Christian, it is because of one thing only. God has helped you. For 364 days, he has preserved you. He has ensured that for 364 days, you have woken up still a Christian, still trusting him. Given the overwhelming dangers that threaten us, that's a miracle. Only God can do that for us. And that's what this psalm wants us to know. Now there's a very slight difference between um, the NIV and the ESV in, um, in verse 1. I think you're here on the screen. Very slight difference. So the NIV, if the Lord had not been on our side, that is where I say, if the Lord had not been on our side. The ESV, slightly different, and I think slightly better. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side. The ESV, I think, captures the sense of the Hebrew slightly better. See the difference? There's a difference between saying, if it weren't for Harry Kane, we'd have lost, and if we'd had anybody else up front apart from Harry Kane, we would have lost. See, in the first one, it's Kane who made the difference in this match, but it could have been Bellingham or Grealish. This is football, by the way, in case case you're not following. (laughs) In In the first one, it's... It's Kane who made the difference in this match, but it could have been Bellingham or Grealish. could have been anyone, really, but it was Kane who made the difference. In the second one, it had to be Kane. If, we'd, if there'd have been anybody else up front, we'd have lost. It had to be Kane, and it was Kane, and, we, and therefore we won. See the difference? And the ESV, I think, captures the Hebrew slightly better. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, we would have been completely crushed. It's not just that the Lord happened to help us this time, and that's great, but it could have been somebody else. No, it had to be the Lord. Given the dangers that threaten us, nobody else can do for us what he has done for us. Only God, only God can help us. And the second half of the psalm changes image slightly from a, um, from a helpless drowning person to a helpless trapped bird. But instead of immersing us in the experience like we saw in the first half of the psalm, the second half of the psalm looks back on the experience of escaping with a kind of giddy excitement. Woohoo! We escaped from from certain death. 
It has a slightly, it has a slightly different feel to it. So verse 6. Praise be to the Lord, who has not let us be torn by their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the foulest snare. The snare has been broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. As I mentioned, we just got back from, from rural Suffolk and um, as you drive around the roads in Suffolk, you, um, you always see a whole host of sort of pheasants and, and quails and, and other little birds who sort of bob around in their own, own little world just waiting to be roadkill, it seems. And, um, and that's, the, that's kind of the image here. This, this little bird was kind of bobbing along in complete ignorance, going on its merry way, unaware that it was about to become dinner for some hungry hunters. The trap was set... There was nothing that could have been done. The bird would have just bobbed straight into it. And then he would have been in the trap. And the bird could have tried pecking at the trap. He could have tried playing dead. The bird could have tried, I don't know, tweeting for some friends. It would have made no difference. The only hope for the bird was the intervention of some higher power. And that is how helpless, actually, we are without God. Listen to these words from the New Testament, from Titus chapter 3. It says this, at, at one time we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and, and hating one another. We were helpless little birds, bobbing along, heading for a trap, enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We weren't looking for rescue. We didn't even know we were in danger. But, verse 4, when the kindness and love of God our Saviour appeared, he saved us. Not because of righteous things that we'd done, but because of his mercy. God has intervened for us. He has come to our rescue. He has saved us. And notice why he's rescued us. Not, not because we were good people, not because we'd earned it, not because we deserved it, not because we'd very clever, we'd worked out how to get out of the trap. None of that. His own kindness. His own love. Not because of righteous things we'd done, but because of his mercy. Only God can help us of his own initiative. And praise God, he has helped us. He has helped us. He has sent Jesus into the world. We've just celebrated the coming of Jesus into the world at Christmas. And Jesus has lived the perfect life that we've failed to live. And he's died a sinner's death that we should have died. When he was threatened by overwhelming dangers, his help was in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And he has been raised to everlasting life that all who look to him may be saved. His death counted as, 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 as our death. His perfect life counted as our perfect life. His resurrection, our certain hope. Only Jesus could have done that for us. Nobody else could have done that for us. Praise God, he has. He has helped us. God has come to our aid. He has helped us in Jesus. And he helps us still. 
he has helped you this year. Whether or not you realize it, he has helped you this year. He has kept you alive, promoting and shaping you for your eternal good. He has kept you a Christian, despite the overwhelming dangers that threaten you. He's grown you as a disciple of Jesus. He has made you more like him this year. You might not feel like it, but he has done that for you. He has helped you to fight sin. He has surrounded you with his people. He has filled you with his spirit. He has provided for your needs. He has protected your faith in him. He has delivered you from the evil one. He has led you to where he wants you to be. He has answered your prayers. He has sustained you when you were weary. And I could go on and on and on and on. God has helped you. Underneath you this year, whether or not you realise it, have been the everlasting arms of Almighty God. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. He can help you like nobody else can help you because of who he is. The unique, uncreated creator, the maker of heaven and earth, the one who is an endless source of life, who can give and give and give and give and give without losing anything. He doesn't get tired of helping you because he is brimming with life and power. He's never too far away to help you because he's not constrained by having a body. He's never unwilling to help you because he loves you eternally and has made you his daughter or his son forever. Who can help us like our God can help us? Overwhelming dangers threaten us. Only God can help us. And praise God, as we look back at 2023, he has helped us. And so as we head into 2024, how should we respond? How should we respond to this psalm? Well, I'd love to give you two ways quickly. Firstly, rejoice in his help. And secondly, trust in his ongoing help. Okay, rejoice in his help and trust in his ongoing help. As, I, as I've thought about this psalm, I've been struck that there are so many ways in which I just take God for granted. I take his help for granted. Being in a near-miss accident on a road kind of helps put that into focus. Like, what was there to stop a car behind me smashing into the back of our car? Nothing. God helped us. There's so many, but there's so many ways, day by day, that I never know about, I never think about, I never praise him for. And one of the things that this psalm does is it gives us some more reasons to rejoice in God's help. It helps us remember the overwhelming dangers that threaten us. It helps us remember the unique ways in which God helps us that nobody else can. It helps us remember that he is the only thing standing between us and total ruin. So let's praise him. Let's thank him. I don't know what plans you've got for later, how you'll celebrate the end of 2023 and the coming of 2024, whether you'll go out, stay in, stay up, go to bed. Um, Whatever you do, Why not try and take a moment, either by yourself or with friends, to just spend some time listing all the ways God has helped you this year? You won't get all of them. Just think of some. (laughs) Come up with a few. And then just spend a moment thanking him for him, for them. 
just, just praising him. Thank you, thank you, Lord, for all the ways in which you've helped me this year. That'd be a great way to spend the end of 2023, looking back at the ways in which God has helped you, coming up with some concrete ways in which you've seen his help in your life, in the life of your family and friends. Praise be to the Lord. If it were not for his help, none of us would be here. So that's the first thing. Rejoice in God's help. Praise him for his help. But finally, trust, trust in his ongoing help. Verse 8 of the psalm, it kind of just sits by itself at the end. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And I think what that verse does at the end, it kind of takes the specific experiences in this psalm of, of kind of nearly drowning and nearly being a bird in a trap. It kind of takes those specific experiences and, and turns them into like a general kind of statement, a general, a general confession of trust for the people of God, for them then and also for us now. In fact, can I humour us and um, get us to say verse 8 out loud together? Okay, so take up your Bibles. Let's say verse 8 out loud together. Together. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Yes, it is. If that has been true in 2023, that will be true in 2024 and 2025 and 2026 and, and, and for the rest of time while we wait for him to return. Our help is in his name. And so as you look ahead to 2024, where are you looking for help? Help to, help to survive, help to continue in faith, help to flourish. Don't try and do it all on your own. You'll never manage. There are overwhelming dangers. Only God can help you. Trust in his ongoing help. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He wants to hear from you. He wants to hear from you when times are hard. He wants to hear from you when things are great. He wants you to bring your sins and your burdens to him. He wants to help you. And so as we enter the new year, trust him. Trust him for your ongoing help. Just as he has helped us, so he will help us. Trust him. Why don't we pray together? Father God, our help is in your name, the maker of heaven and earth. And thank you, Father, that despite all the overwhelming dangers that threaten us, we are secure because we are with you. You are for us. You are on our side. You are in our corner. And we praise you and thank you for the ways in which you have helped us this year. Ways in which we haven't asked for, but ways in which you have helped us. And Lord, we thank you for them now. We praise you for them now. And we ask that you would help us to keep trusting in the uniqueness of your help. (laughs) To keep turning to you for help. Not trying to do life on our own. Not trying to minimize the hardships of life. But trusting you to bring us through. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.